welcome to the ID Talk Podcast. My name is Peter Counter. I am the Editor-in-Chief of Fine Biometrics and Mobile ID World. November is Biometric Smart Cards Month at Mobile ID World, a four-week event in which we are delving into the history, innovation, and promise of one of the biggest trends in biometrics, fingerprint sensor-powered smart cards. That's why on the latest episode of ID Talk, I speak with David Orm, Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing for IDEX Biometrics, about the misconceptions around biometric payment cards. First, some background on the company. IDEX Biometrics is completely focused on developing useful, functional, and affordable biometric fingerprint sensors and solutions for smart cards, whether they be for use in the payments, access control, ID, or healthcare verticals. They also integrate their technologies into IoT and access control devices. My conversation with David starts on the topic of the technology, specifically the wide range of use cases for biometric cards, before focusing on the value proposition for the payment sector. We go on to talk about the findings of a new report from IDEX about the misconceptions about biometric cards before looking ahead at what's next for IDEX biometrics, and the answers there are very exciting. And now, without further ado, I present David Orm on the ID Talk podcast. I'm joined by David Orm, Senior Vice President for Sales and Marketing at IDEX Biometrics, to talk about demystifying biometric smart card misconceptions. David, thank you for joining me on the ID Talk podcast. Hi, Peter. Good to talk to you again. I want to start by talking about the big picture of biometric smart cards, which from my position seem to really be poised to take the world by storm. My first question is, which verticals does IDEX Biometrics see as the best use cases for fingerprint biometric enabled smart cards? Yeah, it's a good question, uh, Peter. We're, we're currently focused on five key verticals, a payment, access control, identification, healthcare, and to a lesser extent, IoT and embedded systems. You know, there has to be um, a lot of coverage. There has been a lot of coverage of the payments market and our activity in payments. But it's, it's really important to know that we're involved in multiple other markets. You know, we help people make payments. We help prove their identity. We allow them to gain access to information. We unlock devices or we enable admit, admittance to buildings all with the touch of a finger. That's really fascinating because the main uh, sort of talking point in, with biometrics in general does seem to be financial services. Um, can I actually ask you to expand a little bit more on the healthcare use cases for biometric smart cards? Yeah, uh, we we feel it's important for both the patient and the practitioner to be able to confirm their identity. You know, we've heard from partners about fraud cases, about insurance uh, issues and questions proving a person's identity. And from a practitioner point of view, we think it's equally important that things like access to sensitive records to know that you're being treated by a you know appropriately trained and experienced practitioner would also be important for the consumer so there's a couple of examples of how you know we envisage healthcare use cases 
Yeah, fantastic. That that does make sense, especially for large facilities to have that card form factor. Um, going back to uh, the financial services and payments area, you know, as with many biometric technologies, financial services seem to be emerging as the forefront of innovation for biometric smart cards in particular. And looking specifically at the payment space, what are the benefits for the card issuers when it comes to biometric payment cards? Yeah, it's it's really the, the biometric payment card has been developed to bring new levels of security to the payment card market and really bring payments into the 21st century. You know, and as um, you know, we see implementations of the next generation of authentication technology through you know biometrically enabled smart cards we we see a great solution that blends both um, convenience for the consumer user friendliness and security so uh, we see numerous benefits for the card issuers for biometric payments you know re like reducing fraud reducing the administration cost of uh, you know, managing pins or lost or forgotten pins, lost or stolen cards, um, boosting you know accountability generally, and an opportunity to deliver some brand differentiation. Yeah, that all makes a lot of sense, definitely from the from the card issuer perspective. Again, looking specifically at this payment space, what are the benefits to the consumer when using a biometric payment card straight from enrollment up to point of sale? Yeah, you know, I think it's really important to place the consumer at the center of, you know, our technology developments, especially within the payments market. And, you know, there are a few benefits that are particularly, again, important for the consumer for biometric uh, card enablement so I think it is a new level of convenience it's having not to remember you know the pin and of course in some geographies you know the pin could be up to six digits so it's it's adding that extra level of convenience it's um, I think extending or allowing the extension of the contactless limits some which apply to an individual transaction some which restrict the number of multiple transactions and some of course limits limits that apply during the course of a day and i think all of those contactless transaction limits actually can be put to one side and you know there's there's an overall improvement to the authentication security you know you have to be in possession of the card to use it for payment. So I think that they're, they're the key things for the consumer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense, especially with those limits. Those do seem to be the main um, consumer frustration points when it comes to contactless payments, as convenient as they are. So that's very exciting. This episode of the ID Talk podcast is brought to you by IDEX Biometrics. IDEX Biometrics is completely focused on developing useful, functional, and affordable biometric fingerprint sensors and solutions for smart cards, whether they be for use in the payments, access control, ID, or healthcare verticals. They also integrate their technologies into IoT and access control devices.
IDEX is a true end-to-end -end biometric solutions company, and they have developed a full fingerprint biometric platform, which includes the fingerprint sensor or module, a range of reference designs, and an integration kits, biometric algorithms, and an on-card enrollment solution. They have the most extensive preferred partner network regarding complementary component suppliers, including secure element providers and card inlay and prelam providers, ensuring the card manufacturers they work with get to market quicker. IDEX recognizes that embedding biometric technology into smart cards is not simple, so they make it a painless process by having everything already set up, tried, and tested. Learn more about IDEX's end-to-end -end biometric platform by visiting idexbiometrics.com. And now, back to the podcast. IDEX Biometrics recently worked with ABI Research on a paper about the misconceptions around biometric cards. Given that this technology is clearly very intuitive, as you were just describing, what do you think is behind these misconceptions? Yeah, I mean, several market you know, misconceptions remain relating to the biometric uh, payment card. And they're largely about the, the physical product itself, the transactional process, security, infrastructure, and, and support. But, you know, I think it's only, uh, this is only to be expected given the stage that we're, we're at in the level of market activation and in the maturity of the technology. It kind of comes along with where we are. That does make sense. I mean, biometrics in, in general are relatively new. People have only really started to become familiar with them in the past five or six years. And so having them integrated on something as day-to-day -day or quotidian as, as a smart card that you maybe keep in your wallet or use at work, that is sort of a new idea and would take some getting used to on a on a consumer level. I understand one of the main misconceptions relates to the biometric data being stored in a database, which I'm aware is totally false in relation to the IDEX solution. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. You know, in, in brief, um, the data is stored on the card, not in a database. And just to add a little more detail, the biometric reference image that is captured during enrollment is immediately processed and transformed into an abstract template. Um, this template is not the fingerprint image itself and for the utmost security it's stored within a secure area of the secure element chip. So mm -hmm. just to um, emphasize this you know, enrollment takes place entirely inside the card using standard EMV, the standard EMV chip, and uniquely without the need to connect to a device, to a computer, or to a smartphone. Um, you know, that's that's how enrollment uh, takes place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and and it, it seems like a necessity. Again, the the payment space is so incredibly. Uh, competitive in terms of the amount of choice that consumers have. And so having to connect your card to your smartphone seems like a, an unnecessary headache. So it's great that that's all been sorted out. Some of the other common misconceptions around the card are, are around the card requiring a battery or some sort of power source and that the biometric card won't work uh, in an ATM network. 
What do you have to say about those misconceptions? Yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm happy to clear up you know these assumed issues. I I think outside of enrolment, once the fingerprint sensor stored, the card works in a passive mode, meaning that the required power to transmit the authentication signal from the point of sale is drawn from the point of sale itself. Biometric smart cards use exactly that same passive power method to complete a, com a contractless payment transaction. So I can assure you and all of your listeners uh, that you know the the size and the shape of the biometric card also doesn't change. You know, so you can still use the card in the ATM network too. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, again, like these are all, these all seem to be, you know, very important things to, to set out in, or, in order to have any sort of adoption. Uh, speaking more about the, the point of sale system, there's a misunderstanding that existing POS systems need to be changed to accommodate biometric cards. And that, that's also false. Yeah, it's another misconception, you know, and it, it's, it's closely linked to the idea that a biometric payment card, you know, requires a physical and embedded power source and is thus you know a, a new type of transaction but the fact of the matter is that uh, you know in addition um, a biometric fingerprint is uh, a security enhancement of the existing contactless payment um, and you know we've all become very familiar with that method of payment um, fr from the merchant point of view you know, they don't need to upgrade or replace existing point of sale infrastructure. Um, there aren't any changes on the acquiring side, either to accept, you know, a biometric payment card. And I think, as I've mentioned before, you know, the payment card uses the same contactless communication method as an existing contactless payment transaction with you know the card drawing the power from the uh, pos terminal in order to complete and authenticate a, a transaction um, the the biometric fingerprint card can also work for contact transactions and the the sensor is positioned to enable access even when the cards physically inserted you know, to a reader. Um, so even in that instance, the fingerprint authentication can oh. replace, you know, the requirement for a PIN. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the dual interface nature of the of the card seems to be another crucial aspect of it. Um, and I also really do sympathize with some of these misconceptions, just because, you know, when it comes to, there seems to be some overlap, you know, when it comes to uh the battery power where the biometric templates are stored and, and matched on authentication and where the power source comes from it does just sort of make sense that these are all natural questions that would come up but i think there's also some interesting parallels with the mobile wallet technologies that that people have really readily embraced and in the same way mer that merchants you know didn't really need to upgrade their their card readers uh for those uh, contactless payments, uh, it, it should be the same. And so, again, uh, it's a quite well thought out uh, implementation of... Uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I completely agree, uh, Peter. You know, I think uh, mobile, the experience of mobile payments and using biometrics, you know, we're not 
too far away from that type of experience with a card you know just touching the card and tapping as you would now for a contactless transaction i think you know we're all getting very used to you know that and in some geographies you know canada sweden australia contactless is now just second nature mm -hmm. to the uh, to the consumer this question uh, might be a little bit strange but you know there are a lot of uh accessibility issues uh, that the biometrics industry as a whole uh, is, is sort of tackling right now. And one of the ones that uh, seems to come up whenever I'm speaking with uh, people who are uh, talking about fingerprint biometrics in particular is that some fingerprint technology requires, uh, or sorry, some people have don't have fingerprints essentially there is uh you know people who work a lot with their hands have them worn off uh and whatnot what is the sort of accessibility proposition for a biometric card like this for people who have trouble having their fingerprints read yeah no i i i get it i mean it's a very you know relevant point and you know for a start we always recommend that enrollment you know the registration of multiple uh, fingers and that's primarily to guard against you know injury to a particular digit um, and specifically um, you know I know people have other concerns around their their fingerprint you know can it be copied can it be misused as I say it's only stored on the card we um, you know we our uh, fingerprint sensor works through um, measuring electrical conductance meaning you know dead or or fake fingerprints won't be authenticated and you know if you were uh, a believer in you know CSI and some of those criminal programs where you know fingerprints are lifted from a glass or some other object uh, you know, that's also not going to work in this instance. We're really talking about someone who's in possession of the card, you know, and um, they have the flexibility to use mul multiple fingers in the event that, you know, perhaps one's been damaged or, or cut by accident. Right, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought in the idea of, um, of anti-spoofing and, and uh, presentation attack detection, which, you know, doesn't really seem like it's a huge issue when it comes to these uh, card presence scenarios where you're at a retailer and using uh, your own fingerprints. You can't just take out a fake fingerprint and, and put it in while there's a teller there standing with, uh, with well, you. So. I, I, I agree, but I think the merchant would have uh, something to say about that, you know, and and I think equally, you know, if someone's being being threatened or, or challenged about using their fingerprint, then, you know, I, I would always advise, um, you know, get, giving up your 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 pin and your card and, and, and avoiding any violent confrontation. You know, you can stop your card immediately with your bank. So um, I think we just have to be practical and consider this alongside of any other challenge that you know can the consumer would face to misuse their their card absolutely and that also touches on an important point about uh, about this is that while biometric cards add security all of the existing uh insurance infrastructure um, and customer support does still exist through the 
the card issuers and the banks and the payments providers. So uh, it's, you know, it's pretty much just adding on something, uh, a layer of strong identity. Um, you've mentioned multiple times in this uh, de-enrollment process, and I understand that IDEX has a patented enrollment device that allows consumers to enroll at a time and place that's convenient to them, much like card activation now. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about the enrollment device? Sure. I mean, that's that's completely right, Peter. You know, we've got what we think is a very innovative yet yet simple on-card enrollment device. You know that, and and this is something that the industry, you know, viewed as one of the biggest barriers to adoption. You know, which is the ability to, you know, enroll in person on the card. Um, you know, and our device is is lightweight. It's something that could be posted to the consumer. Its its physical shape guides, you know, the consumer it, through the enrollment process. And you know, enrollment's very simple, very straightforward, user friendly, and takes you know less than a minute. Um, and it doesn't, as I said before, it doesn't require any connection to a computer, smartphone or any other connected device. INEX Biometrics is innovative yet simple on-card enrollment solution addresses what the industry previously viewed as the largest barrier to adoption for biometric smart cards, remote in-person enrollment. User-friendly enrollment is known to aid adoption as well as the ongoing usability of biometric smart cards and IDEX has that covered. Lightweight and optimized for mail delivery, the device's physical shape guides users through the enrollment process. Enrollment takes less than a minute thanks to this user-friendly design, and once the enrollment is complete, the device can be discarded. IDEX's low-cost, seamless end-to-end -end solution allows card users to securely enroll themselves without visiting a bank branch. Enrollment takes place entirely inside the smart card using its standard, secure EMV chip and, uniquely, without the need to connect the enrollment device or smart card to a computer, smartphone, or any other connected device. With IDEX's on-card enrollment solution, there is no possibility of any tampering or external interference during the enrollment process, and no need for the card supplier to support a multitude of mobile phone or desktop apps. Learn more about IDEX Biometrics' on-card biometric enrollment technology by visiting idexbiometrics.com. And now, back to the podcast. Your white paper suggests that a biometric smart card could replace multiple cards for a single user. What's the potential for biometric cards to be used in finance adjacent applications like loyalty programs or age ID? Yeah, sure. No, it's um, well, we think it's, you know, it's great for um, those multiple use cases. We have to bear in mind, you know, it's it's a relatively new concept, albeit fingerprint authentication, you know, is is used across many uh, device types already, uh, spanning multiple uh, use cases. Whether that's you know securely granting access to a device, some form of of logical access control, uh, physical access control, you know, where you you enter a building or you pass through some physical gate or, or barrier or uh, in fact in like in payment where it's used to authenticate you know a transaction um it, it could we also think it could be used to you know secure 
a a digital uh, signature so you know the 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 significant opportunity to use one identity across um you know several cases uh, and and markets as you suggest for loyalty and id we think is is very strong um, you know, it's it's a piece. What what we provide together with the card manufacturer is a piece of the security puzzle. You know, extending and expanding this biometric uh, chain of trust, um, and it's largely you know targeting online devices today. But we think you know it'll move to offline uh, media in the card payment sector. Mm -hmm. You know, keeping our eye on the future, what's next for IDEX Biometrics as we come to the end of the decade? Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, 2019, we could say, was a year of, you know, continuing pilots of biometric payment cards. Um, it also saw real production deployments of logical and physical biometric access cards and i think what the future holds is you know um a for us in payment for instance a card that also has a display and that through the fingerprint you know a a dynamic uh, card verification value or mm -hmm. card verification code can be displayed as a result of you know the authentic authentication of your fingerprint and that would be designed specifically to address card not present transactions you know providing a a one-time password mechanism um a dynamic cvv or cvc that sounds like a really elegant uh solution to a to something that i think is a is on a lot of people's minds when they they think about that given how how often people use their credit cards both for online and offline shopping. So uh, that's that's really fantastic. And I know that the, a lot of that dynamic CVV technology does exist today. So um, that's very exciting. I can't wait to uh, to see that. Um, how can? Yep. Go. On. Sorry, Peter. Yeah, I yeah. think you know we'll see both uh, rollouts of biometric payment cards in production quantities in issuers during the course of 2020 and i think the the future of you know providing a dynamic uh, cvv or cvc will follow follow very rapidly well that's that's extremely exciting and and i'm i'm very excited next year to start to get my hands on a uh, on a biometric payment card for sure how can listeners get in touch with you to learn more Sure. Um, the easiest way um, is directly through our sales at idexbiometrics.com. That's available. Those details are available on our website. And in fact, you know, there's a lot more information. There's the ABI research as well uh, section of our website. It's all on our in our resources section. Um, I'd certainly recommend people look at the idex biometrics uh, details there. Fantastic. And I, I second that recommendation. I, I'm i an avid reader of the IDEX blog as a person who's very interested in this biometric card technology. So uh, 
give them a visit. David, thank you for joining me today on the ID Talk podcast, and I hope to speak to you again soon. Many thanks, Peter. Delighted, and uh, you know, let's together with your help, I'm sure we can drive a lot of interest and activity in biometric cards. Fantastic, you're here. So concludes my conversation with David Orm, Senior Vice President, Sales and Marketing for IDEX Biometrics. Learn more about the topics we discussed and download the ABI research paper at idexbiometrics.com. Learn more about biometric smart cards by heading over to the featured articles section of Mobile ID World, where our expert editorial team has put together a timeline of major industry milestones tracing the evolution of the biometric smart card as we know it. Thank you again to David Orm for joining me. Our podcast theme music is by Legumrad. I have been your host, Peter Counter. Thank you for listening to the ID Talk podcast. Mm-hmm.